So playing like animals. Yeah. Massage with clothes on, cuddling, spooning, two people, three people, 10 people. Face caressing. Tickling. Uh, body pressing. Not just body pressing, but the stacking of bodies. Mm. Uh, there can also be uh, something that I I call the calen de pluie, so rain hug. <laughs> Doesn't sound the same in, in, in English, but... What in the fuck are we talking about? We are talking about cozy, which is a type of platonic touch, clear communication, cuddle event of some sort. Solomon Kruger has facilitated over 125 cozies. Cozy could be described as a type of cuddle party, but it's so much more than that. You can practice communication. You can practice uh, asking for what you want, which is incredibly difficult. You can practice uh, learning how to receive a no, like learning how to handle rejection, which can be so challenging and so painful. What we're going to talk about for the next hour is it's incredibly powerful and it's beautiful. And this conversation is actually the closest, I think, that you can get to a cozy without being in Montreal. And so if you don't live in Montreal and you don't have access to cozy, what you will learn here in this episode, you can apply to your life wherever you are. I really, truly, truly believe that. One thing I need to tell you, the Love Drive is taking a break until December. Uh, there will be no podcast for the following three weeks. And I want to thank you for giving me the space to go and connect with my family and to visit friends and to spend Thanksgiving with loved ones. And all that being said, if you need love advice, then just go to thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice and you will find some ways that you can connect with me, whether on Instagram at the Love Drive or by leaving me a voicemail that I will answer on the podcast. Thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice. Uh, you will find all the ways that I can help if you need help. Okay, here we go. My name is Sean Galanos and this is the Love Drive. Could you describe a cozy party to someone who doesn't know anything about it? You can see it as a space where people come together to have their own various needs met uh, in a platonic way. So abstract. Still, I, I imagine people are like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> Could we call it a form of a cuddle party? Yes, absolutely. Okay. There we go. <laughs> However. There's a distinction. We need to be clear about that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't use the word cuddle party when I describe it often because I find there's often a connotation with, or there's an image of a party and people cuddling. But as you know from your experiences, it's not only this. I mean, yes, there are people who are cuddling. There are people who are giving massage. There are people who are spooning. There are people who are dancing. When I started this three years ago, there was a, a desire to come up with a name that would 
kind of give you the sense, the the visceral feeling of what people could experience. And to me, cozy um, just fit so well. I just call it a cozy. It's a cozy. Um, in my experience, it was it was an event that you can get platonic touch. You can get a facilitation and direction on how to ask for what you want. You get to practice saying no. You get to practice having people say no to you, which is really challenging sometimes. And you get a whole bunch of different ways that you can play with people in a non-sexual way. And a lot of it includes touch or can include touch. Yeah, the, the evening is broken into three parts. In a way, you could see it as three different experiences. The first part is an introduction, uh, a sharing of who's here, you know, check-in, a description of the guidelines, what are the rules of engagement, and then a series of you know, short exercises to kind of help people to practice negotiating and, and giving consensual communication for the kind of things that they might want to explore. That's the first part. The second part is uh, a non-facilitated exploration with music. I stay available to anyone who needs any support, but people basically go around and take care of themselves and their own experience, their needs, asking people, you know, that what they'd like to give, receive, or share. And that goes for about a couple hours, and then we end with a closing integration circle, a sharing circle. So there's this kind of meditative or awareness piece that I bring in and that to me is uh, helpful in how we can then show up in the world. I found like an openness at your parties. It's like practice for going to be more intimate and more open with people outside. And I like that. I like that I can practice communication. I can practice saying, asking for what I want or offering, making invitations for activities and these are things that I don't have that much practice in in my daily life. But in one cozy, I can practice like nine times. Yeah, I find the people who come are often uh, coming with that desire to practice some, some aspect that's challenging for them in their daily life. And or some people just have genuine needs for, uh, for connection, for um, reciprocal platonic touch uh, to feel they can be somewhere that they won't feel judged, won't feel threatened. They can genuinely be with people as they want to be, as they are. It's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. The reason I went is because I've been sort of touch starved. I've been lacking a lot of touch in my life in these last couple of years, pretty much. And I haven't really been dating. And I have always wanted to go but there was a part of me that was was scared. There was anxiety, for sure, of showing up to a place that I don't know, that I don't know anybody, and I don't know how it's going to happen, and I don't know what's going to happen there, and I don't know that I have the language available to ask for things that I want, and then I have fears <laughs> of cuddling with people I don't want to cuddle with, and like, this is all of this stuff. But when I showed up, it was such an open, warm, safe space. And then your facilitation, you know, that first part of the event that you were talking about, really sort of like brought it home that this was going to be okay. That I was going to get what I was going to get everything that I actually needed 
in that facilitation, I was going to learn the language. I was going to learn how to say no. I was going to have practice exercises that were going to help me build intimacy with people. There was going to be icebreakers. And I mean, it was, it's just a really beautiful container for people that want to, I mean, I feel like experience more intimacy in their lives in a non-sexual way. What you're describing sounds very familiar with what a lot of people have said, actually. The fear that they've known about Cozy, they've wanted to come, yet something in them makes it hard for them to step out the door or to to come, actually. Um, and then eventually, some somehow with a friend or some way, they feel, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try. I really recognize the courage that it takes to do something new, to go somewhere new with people that they don't know and to do something that might be outside of their comfort zone. You know, it's a bit of an edge, especially if there's touch involved. I think especially in this culture where there isn't a lot of touch that's open, it's usually if, you're, if there's touch, it's with a sexual partner. And so to have touch with someone that you don't know, that could involve you know, hugs or uh, cuddling or massage, wow. I mean, so I get it, I really do. And those people who do come and who are open enough to, uh, to ask for what they want, to be honest about what they don't want, usually find that they can open a little bit, they can trust that however they're showing up is welcome, with whatever they're feeling is welcome. And they can usually have their, their needs met. I think what's important for people to know is a common fear is that you are going to have to touch somebody or be touched by somebody that you don't want. And I think it's important to know that, that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Right. And you could go to an event like this and just dance by yourself or lay on a cushion or do a child's pose or sit on the couch and, and have snacks and chat. Yes, absolutely. And practice saying no. If I don't trust in your no, how can I trust in your yes? Mm. Which brings this awareness of let's practice saying no truthfully when I really feel a genuine no, say it. Because if you're saying yes and it's, you know, it's not a full yes, uh, you know, people can feel that. Mm. And so I, I, th I think it really helps when people are really honest and then that helps build the trust. And of course, trust is something that it cultivates slowly and gradually. So everything that is done is done with intention. Um, the introduction, the sharing, the protocols, the practice of the exercises is all part of this building of trust with one another. But to your point, there is this fear that, oh, I might get stuck with this person I don't wanna. Yes, it happens. And, um, and some people are very good at just saying, you know, no, thank you. Uh, that's, you know, I, I don't want to share. Um, and I say no is a full answer. You don't need to justify or rationalize or explain anything more. Part of that is also with an understanding that I, I, I give to people at the beginning and saying that just because you've said no to that person, it doesn't mean that that person can't get what they need from someone else or somewhere else in the room. Mm and probably likely, especially considering there are between 20 and 40 people each time, chances are one of those people is a yes. And it's a, like an enthusiastic yes. Mm. 
So it's a win-win. It's the person who's saying yes wants wants it, and then you also want it. Much better than like a lukewarm yes because you are conditioned to say yes or because you're being compliant or because you have fears of saying no. While we're talking about no's, perhaps we could just do a little primer on what are some of the types of activities that people might ask for at Cozy, how they ask for it, and then how we can say no. So we can do this together. Sure. We can, of course, uh, just sit together. We're not making assumptions that the other person is a yes to anything. Sometimes I feel drawn to someone and I don't know what I want to share, give or receive. So sometimes I'll just say, can I sit with you? And they can say, yes. And I'll say, would you like me to sit face to face or side by side or back to back? And would you like to uh, move together slowly? We can, that could be another aspect, you know, let's say with some touch back to back, we'll, we can start to move or side to side. Or if we're sitting side to side, I might say, uh, can I put my hand on your knee? Or can we hold hands? <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> so simple. Yeah, it really is. And, and so intimate also. Um, and so it, it, that would be another level. Could also sit face to face, looking into each other's eyes. Very intimate. Very intimate. Yeah. From there, I find other invitations can come up. Can we put our foreheads touching? Other things can be uh, rolling around uh, with contact, hands touching, perhaps uh, a little bit of contact improvisation where there's movement and touch. Um, it can be also, there can be activities of playing like animals, cats, dogs. One of the questions was, um, do people meow? And I said, absolutely, people meow. Yeah, there's a, this playfulness can come out as, you know, the animals that we are in a very light, fun, playful way. Um, it's beautiful. Silly. Silly, yeah. You have to let go of some of the the initial defenses that come up when adults come together and, and play like cats. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and it might sound cringeworthy to some people. Right. Um, and, and that's another thing that you can see these things going on in the space and go, that's not for me and that's okay. Or you could see a whole pile of cats, you know, playing and rolling around and doing their thing and say, I would like to see if I can join that. Right. I'm going to ask if I can join. So playing like animals. Yeah. Of course, uh, people can massage with clothes on. And of course, I, since it's a, it's a platonic space, we don't explore sexual energy. So massage uh, can be any kind of uh, platonic massage uh, can be gentle, it can be, you know, shoulder rub, it can be... What you would get at a massage parlor. I guess, you know, with clothes on. Yeah, with clothes right. on. Right, right, with clothes on. Right. <laughs> Forgot about that Without part. oil. <laughs> we don't want to ruin the clothing or the, or the cushioning. <laughs> right. Uh, there can be, uh, then, you know, there can be cuddling, spooning, two people, three people... 10 people. Face caressing, 
hand rubbing uh right gentle uh yeah you know could be even tickling uh you know could be pre- body pressing right. yes i've seen this many times people even not just body pressing but um the stacking of bodies mm. some some people really love the pressure of several bodies on top of them yeah it's an incredible experience actually uh there can also be uh something that i i call the calen de pluie so rain uh hug <laughs> doesn't sound the same in, in in english but the idea is that you start you know there's multiple people around someone standing in the center so you're all standing and you start off with all the hands on the top of the person's head and then at the same time you gently bring your fingers down gently you know caressing touching you know part of their body wherever you are in the front back or the sides all the way to the feet so this light touch from everyone on all sides moving down your body at the same speed till the feet and then you rotate the people rotate on the outside and you get several turns of this and then and then someone else gets a chance to receive that's a beautiful one it's beautiful yeah i had an experience which was uh one of the requests that i made because in the beginning of of the event there's a, an exercise where a group can come together and sort of practice making a request to a large group of people and the request that i had was i would like to be uh, lay down on my back and i want everybody to take an extremity so hand hand foot foot head and to just like play and rub and massage that portion of my body and there there's actually an extra couple people so that someone took an abdomen my abdomen an abdomen mine and uh like some thighs or whatever and it was it's an incredible experience to be laying there and to have something like 10 or 12 hands on your body i mean it's in, it's incredible yeah where do you find that you of? cannot find that anywhere i mean i guess if you were at like a party or something and you it was all maybe like an after party where everyone's kind of hanging out in like a cozy space you're basically have created that that you've created that space where people can just do that on a sunday night <laughs> at seven o'clock. we don't have to wait till four in the morning you can do it and then you can you can practice doing all sorts of different things you can also be lifted and rocked uh you can fly like you know crowd surfing yeah all kind rolling around on the ground over people like a steamroller yeah. over someone so many different possibilities even just holding someone i i love this so much just taking someone in my arms where their back is to my chest just holding them this level of intimacy is so profound the list goes on it goes on we and could, on. we could do this all day okay for sure <laughs> we've got a good idea of what's available at these parties and so a, a way to ask for any of those things you can go up to someone and you know you can say um, i would enjoy sharing with you and if you have an idea of what that is you can be specific and say would you like to have a dance the other person can say yes or no but you can so you, that would be one way can we do this together yeah you can also say i don't know what i want but i would like to you know connect with you somehow that's beautiful and then it becomes a conversation um what would you like to share with this person and so the other person might be like i don't know what i want right now do you know what you want 
And that's happened many times and I we take a moment in silence and I'll reflect and I'll be actually my I notice that my shoulders are a bit tense. I often carry a lot of my shoulders stress. Are you open to giving me a shoulder massage? Mm. And the person if they're a yes they'll say yes. And they'll maybe ask, would you like to lie down or be seated or stand? So we can we clarify. So that's part of the request process too. I even sometimes will say, I'd like a shoulder massage, but only for, let's say, one song. Sometimes it helps to give a parameter about how much time we share. You mentioned there was the, the tendency sometimes to sort of, for an activity or a moment to kind of drag further than one or both people want, want it to because they don't know how to end it. Right, right. Apparently, you have a mechanism <laughs> for, for facilitating that. Yes, and we practice this at the beginning and uh, we have people share for, you make a request, they say yes, both people are a yes. And then one is giving to the, to, you know, the one receiving. And after a short amount of time, 20 seconds, they, I invite them to say, thank you, it's complete for me. Mm. And what that does is it, it just helps them to you know, know that there's a way to just end whatever they're sharing. And it came up because Often there were people telling me, I felt done, but I didn't know how to say it. It felt rude to say, I want to stop, yeah. or I'm done, or no more. <laughs> stop. Stop, yeah. And so, fi I found that just saying, thank you, it's complete, or it's complete is enough. You don't need to explain anything else. At Cozy, I want that everyone, not necessarily be happy, but that they're being true to themselves. So by checking in, seeing, are you a yes in this moment? You may have said yes a minute ago. You may have changed your mind. Whether you're giving or receiving, you can say, thank you, it's complete. You may feel like for whatever reason, you wanna take a break, you wanna go over where the people are playing like cats and try something else and share with other people. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as an example of one of the requests that I made on Sunday, um, I have always wanted to give face massages to like my partners, but I don't know how to do it. And I remember having a girlfriend that was like really good at giving me face massages that included like like very strong pressure like on the eyebrows and down by the cheekbones and the jawline. And so I asked someone, I would really like to practice giving face massage. Is that something that you would be open to receiving? And of course, she was like, "Yes, please." And then I was able to practice. She was giving to me the opportunity to practice on her. I love the way that you describe that. It's very specific, uh, clear, honest, something that you genuinely wanted to practice. I think that that makes a big difference in how it's received. Um, it was also it was something for you. And so she was willing to allow herself to let you get what, something that you wanted for, your, for yourself. And I got a face massage after. There was, oh, there was an exchange as well. She, she asked if that was something that I would like to receive as well. And I said, yes. Beautiful. I, I find that that reciprocity is, is normal. A lot of people like to uh, give back, but it does happen sometimes that people receive and there's an expectation to then reciprocate. Mm. Oh, I just received this amazing massage, but I don't necessarily want to give a massage back to this person. And I think that that's something that people are working on and, and I, I encourage them to say, you don't have to give back to the person that you receive from. I actually, I said, I would like a face massage, but not right now. 
Okay. Because I see someone that I'd really like to connect with. And she was like, cool, find me later. And then I was able to go and connect with the person I wanted to connect with. So it was, it was really a, an opportunity for me to practice asking for what I want, which brings me to my next question, which is why is it so hard to ask for what you want? Yeah, that's a great question. When I ask for something that I want, there's a fear that the person might say, no, it's putting myself vulnerable in a vulnerable place. It's revealing something about myself and where I'm at and what I may want or need that may not be shared by the other person. They might feel uncomfortable for whatever reason by my request. That discomfort in the other person, possible discomfort, may then be perceived as a judgment. Oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to give me that. You don't want to share with me in that way. There must be something wrong with me. It's natural to think that. If they're saying no, it, that we take it personally. Mm. And if we take it personally, we can feel all kinds of stuff, guilt, shame, anger, sadness, and can bring up all kinds of old stories of when we didn't have our needs met and how uncomfortable and painful that was. Probably way more uncomfortable than this moment, but that is a trigger. So we're trying to avoid that. I used to anyway, um, and now I, I welcome it because I see that I can take care of my own experience and probably what's going on for the other person has absolutely nothing to do with me. That we actually have more in common than not. That they're looking for something, I'm looking for something. Maybe it's something similar. There's a similar desire there, but maybe not with each other. So I want to celebrate that because maybe they can meet their needs somewhere in the room. Yeah. One thing that I think is pretty universal is that we all have stories that we tell ourselves. Right. I talk to a lot of people and most of them have some negative self-talk. That's just kind of part of being human. I'm generalizing, but yeah, no, I, I, I have my own and, uh, and yeah. And I hear people sharing about that. There was someone at the last cozy. I went up to him. He was there for the first time. And I said, how's it going? And he said, I have this story. So he was aware of the story that he said, my story is that I'm a shy person. And he said, I know that's not even true. But when I'm in a large group situation, like I am right now at, at this moment, uh, I go into this shy place, this shy voice, this and this negative self-talk around, oh, I, I can't go to people. I, there's something that's blocking me. There's a fear that they're not going to want to share with me. It's difficult for me to even like ask. I want people to come to me. Did you give any specific support that facilitated uh, some openness? I did. I, I asked him, I said, would you like uh, some advice or a strategy? And he said, yeah, sure, that would be great. And I said, well, let's look at what's going on right now. Let's look around the room and see what's happening. And maybe there we can see if there's openings. And so I, I scanned and I said, oh, those two uh, look pretty entangled the way that their legs are kind of like intertwined and probably they're probably not as open right now. Then I said, oh, those two just finished uh, rolling around and those other two on the same mat um, are just chilling out. They're not really doing anything. You could go to those four and ask if you wanted to join them. 
And I said, oh, there's a woman who's lying down over there in the corner. I know her really well. She's been coming a long time and generally she's open and she's very honest. And I mentioned, you know, a few others and right away he said, thank you. Thank you so much. And he went directly to that woman. And <laughs> the funny thing is I didn't know, but she was, she was watching us having that conversation. I think she could see that I was pointing in her direction and saw that he was then going to come over and they had a beautiful connection and she actually thanked me afterwards. This is, I mean, I'm tearing up just thinking about this moment and thinking about how impactful that was for him. And he talked about it at the end and how grateful he was that, and he mentioned that we had this conversation and he was able to face that shyness and move through it. Yeah. And have a beautiful evening. Sometimes you just need a little gentle nudge or some uh, a, a quick chat with someone who's understanding of where you are. All right, my homie homies, like I said, uh, there is no more podcasts for the month of November. Thank you for understanding. We will be back first week of December. So if you need some support in the meantime, uh, go to thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice. Uh, you could leave me a voicemail. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram at the love drive. Uh, you can also book a session to do a free love advice recorded session for the podcast. But if you would rather talk to me privately and you have an issue that you need some uh, immediate support with, then please go to thelovedrive.com forward slash H-E-L-P, that's help. And let's get on the phone and let's figure out your challenge, your concern. If I can help ease any bit of heartache that you have, I am available. I want to help. Okay, we're back with Solomon Kruger, host and facilitator of Cozy. And we're talking about how to say no, how to handle rejection. And remember, everything that we're talking about here applies to your daily life. It doesn't just apply to this event, this party. So my name is Sean Galanos. This is The Love Drive. Welcome back. What are some, a variety of different no's? My favorite is no thank you, just straight up. When people say not right now, mm. or maybe later, or I'm not sure, it's so ambiguous that, like, I don't know what to do with that when someone says that to me. Are they just being nice? Is it honest? Mm. So when it's like, no thank you, or uh, not right now, let's check in a little bit later. I'm like, okay, okay, let, that feels better. When people say, you know, they're not sure, I invite them to say no thanks. They can change their mind in a minute and 30 seconds, and that's beautiful. But to take a moment to really check in. When someone says no, the response I like people to say is, thanks for taking care of yourself. Mm. And that's this reminder of, oh, right, you know, I'm taking care of my needs by saying, by saying no. And the other person is recognizing the value of that. A, a less hippie way is to say, uh, thank you for telling me. Yep. It's got a little bit less of a, uh, like a new age vibe. 
I mean, I love, thank you for taking care of yourself. Some people could use less, you know, different language. A no to the request isn't necessarily a no to the person. Yeah. So we can, you know, make another request. Yeah, I've heard people say something like, I'm a no to that. <laughs> I have a really hard time with this, actually. I'm a no to that, but I'm a yes to you. Which I've, I've heard this in various contexts, and I, I really don't like it. I really don't like it. I have some judgments and defenses and blockages in myself around uh, very like new agey talk. And th that one, for, for some reason, rubs me the wrong way. And I don't know why, but I'm just calling it. Like I see it. Do you do you think it's bullshit? Maybe. If yeah. they're saying no to something. Yeah. Why are they? You're a no to me, you're a no to this, but you're a yes to me. Maybe you're just a no to me. It's not the most transparent communication. Mm, yeah. It feels a little like placaty. That's not a word, but I understand. <laughs> I understand. It's safe. It sounds like it's a safe place to say I'm a yes to you. I'm not judging you. Right. I'm a no to that, but I'm a yes to you. And I'll be like, oh, thanks. Like, you just verbally patted me on the back. I think that's what it is. You gave me a verbal pat on the back that I'm okay. I'm a good person. You just don't want to touch me. Right. And you're like, I don't, I don't need that yes. I don't need that yes. I, I'm strong enough. I don't need you to tell me that you're a yes to me. Mm -hmm. Like, right. I think maybe that's where it, it's a little too uh, touchy-feely too. I, I am touchy-feely and I like to be gentle and kind with people. It feels maybe a little disingenuous. I appreciate really clear communication and I it's like something that that's part of the work that I do in helping people find the very best ways to say the things that they need to say and not sugarcoat things, but to say them with kindness. But also when, when it's no, it's no. I'm not available. That's one of the things that I sort of teach people to say is that I'm not available for that. I like that. Yeah. Mm. If someone asks me for a date and I'm not interested, I'll say, um, I'm not available mm. for dating. Right. And they'll go, well, are you dating? Yeah, I'm dating. I'm just, I'm just not available to go on a date with you. I'm not interested. I'm not interested usually comes in after there's, if there's more clarification needed. But usually I'm not available is, is pretty clear. I like it keeping it simple. Because it, as we start to say more, there's a, a, a sense that I need to explain myself. I need to justify. Like I owe this person yeah. some sort of story, yeah. which feels already like I'm getting wrapped up into trying to fix them or rescue wherever they might be. And I don't need to go there. No. Um, that's not my work. My work is taking care of this. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Number one. Taking care of number one is really, I mean, it's not selfish at all. I mean, I've been saying that forever and people, people would go, oh, that's, that's really selfish. And I go, you know, taking care of myself is not selfish. It's what I need to do in order for me to show up for you. It's the oxygen mask, right? It's the oxygen mask. <laughs> <laughs> that damn oxygen. I hear that shit like every week. It's crazy, right? Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it's, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your, on your child or on, you know, the person that needs help. I was rejected recently, actually yesterday was rejected. And, you know, really quickly, I could go to a place where I'm telling myself stories about the fact that I'm not lovable or that I'm not dateable or that I'm not worthy. 
but the first thing that came up actually that's not true it took a, it took maybe five or ten minutes but I, I was remember I was reminded of a thing that I that I know to be true and sounds a little new agey which is that rejection is God's protection when people reject me it's the universe saying not for you period I don't have to feel I don't have to know why I don't have to take it personally and it's often there's something going on with them that doesn't vibe with me. And, and it makes it so much easier to just walk away with my head up high and to know that I'm okay, I'm lovable, I'm worthy. I'm just not for that person. I like that a lot. I imagine that's very difficult for a lot of people. That requires a certain amount of trust or faith that there's something bigger. There's another, there's a, there's a greater intelligence that's going on that we can't maybe we can on some level perceive, but allowing ourselves to accept what is and know that that's perfect, even if it may be a little sting and we're not necessarily getting what we want, but we may get actually in the end what we need. I was disappointed. And I've also learned to tell people when I'm disappointed and to say, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed because I was really looking forward to getting to know you. And at the same time, thank you for telling me. Because you're right. I do have faith and I trust in the universe, period. I trust in the universe that it's all unfolding the way that it's unfolding. So for someone who struggles with new agey stuff, I still trust in the goddamn universe. Beautiful. Yeah. I have to or else, or else I'm fighting. Right. And I don't want to fight. What we're talking about seems like a core element about how to show up in the world. So I love that you can be honest, even if it's a bit painful. I think of it as um, we all experience pain, but we don't all have to suffer. When someone is clearly a no, even if you feel a pain of rejection or, or closure to a possible connection or exploration, quickly is like a dead end or a cul-de-sac where you can be like, oh okay now i know i don't need to put more energy there i can redirect my energy somewhere else there's a tremendous amount of freedom exactly tremendous amount of freedom when people say no so it's such a gift and i think if when I'm able to see and remember, okay, my ego might be a little bit hurt or somewhere inside me, I'm like, oh, I had a hope and it, it's not being met right now. I can touch this place of, oh, it's, there is something else for me. It's not here yeah. or it's not now. And it could also change. And just to trust in that. <sighs> trust in the universe. And I did what you, what you suggested. I, I, I went to the gym. You know, I went for a walk. I, I like left the space and I went and, and found a way to take care of myself that wasn't grasping for another human. And I felt so much better. Great. And then I went and volunteered and I always feel great when I volunteer. Mm. There are things that I do to make sure that, that I'm always taking care of myself regardless of whether people are validating me or, or taking care of my needs, I'm making sure that my needs are being met. Fantastic. Hard to do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And Cozy has been like sort of uh, like a bit of a pivotal 
there was a, a a click that happened for me when I went to the to your first event because it I realized that I could get uh, my needs for touch met in a space that was safe and that was non-sexual and that didn't have anything to do with my like romantic life or my sexual life. And that's beautiful that there's a place that people can go to if they are lacking touch and intimacy because that's what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about people creating moments of intimacy with strangers or new acquaintances or friends in various degrees of depth. Some of it can be surface level hand holding or shoulder rubbing. And some of it can be incredibly intense and intimate, like eye gazing, you know, like five minutes of eye gazing with a stranger. Ooh, that's wild. Um, some of the comments that I've gotten on Instagram uh, today, when I, when I posted, do you have any questions or comments? Some people experienced a lot of discomfort around this type of event. And that it's something that they would never, ever do because of how uncomfortable it makes them feel. I'm kind of curious, where does that come from? I'm not sure. I, I've been fortunate to have had friends who are very touchy-feely and open to giving hugs and sharing massage casually. I have friends, I guess, who uh, dance and do contact improv and acro yoga and things like this. So they're comfortable with platonic touch and intimacy. I've kind of been in that forever. So those who are nervous and who feel uncomfortable, I imagine don't have opportunities, don't have experience. And their only association with touch, as I mentioned earlier, was with their intimate partner, with their lover or their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you know, what have you, wife or husband. So the association is that, wow, to share with someone on any level where there's some touch uh, is somehow a betrayal of some maybe connection that they have with their partner, if they don't have a partner, of how they imagine touch should be associated with, you know, for example, associated with it can only happen with someone that they know, someone that they have an attraction to, um, and that, or, you know, a mutual attraction and that, you know, they're, they're open to explore that so that maybe touches in a way for people, uh, some kind of foreplay. Mm. If you're going to touch them, then you want, you have to want to have sex with them. Right. And, uh, that's false in obviously for the people who come to cozy. And I, I feel there's some sadness in hearing that because I want to say that it, they don't know what they're missing. And I totally respect people where they're at. And if they're feeling really uncomfortable with the idea of any kind of platonic intimacy or, or touch with people that they don't know or don't know that well, I respect that. That's fine. We all have our different ways that we express love. You know, the five love languages. Mm. For sure, touch is my top two with uh, quality experiences. And the other three, there's uh, material uh, gifts. Gifts. Yeah. Uh, there's acts of service. Yeah. And the words. Yes, words of appreciation. Words of appreciation. Yeah. And so other people, I suppose, have you know, perhaps those other uh, languages, love languages, are more um, important or are more active in their lives. And uh, for me, definitely, I I can't live without touch. And I have a partner, um, an exclusive partner, 
And uh, so I already have touched, but I also really appreciate the the kind of ways that I share at Cozy. Mm. Um, and I'm currently not polyamorous. And my partner is okay with me going to Cozy, hosting that space and also being able to share in those ways. I'm still very loyal and, and, and committed to my partner and, and she understands that that's a safe space. You can be in a committed relationship and cuddle platonically with people. Some people might have a hard time understanding that because that's not their experience. Usually cuddling happens before or after sex. Right. So how can, it just doesn't make sense unless you see it. Once you see it, you understand. You can absolutely roll around like cats, steamroll each other, do uh, (laughs) rain... What was it? Rain? Uh, rain, sh- uh, rain hugs? Uh, rain hugs. <laughs> you could face massage. You could do all sorts of stuff in a platonic way, and, it, and it's not sexual at all. And, of course, different couples have different agreements and boundaries, and, and I know that certain couples haven't uh, come together or separately because it's not okay for them. They they don't go there. But there are some who they come together and they explore and they check in and, and others they don't come together, they come at different times. It's you know supported in their in their relationship. It can be kind of it can be flirty, I think. I, I suspect that there's opportunities to flirt. Sure. Yeah. And you know, some people are polyamorous um and are you know, open to flirting and connecting and and exploring that connection outside of the space. I don't control that, of course. But yes, sure. And it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with flirting and expressing that kind of energy. There's a bit of a a spark. There's There's an edge. It can be super exciting and fun. And it can be super challenging. Mm, Sure. Because it can bring up all kinds of questions and doubts and desires. So, depending on, yeah, what are you looking for? What's your intention? Yeah. Um, and, and trying to be honest about that yeah. with yourself. I mean, flirting is just, is for me, I, I see it as sort of a playful way of being in the world with people. And that could lead to something more or could just not, and that's okay. And so, to me, cozy feels like a very playful space. Yeah. It's a playground with your siblings right (laughs) somebody wants to know what happens if you get aroused yes we can get aroused touch can be arousing of course uh and not just by so we're not touching genitals we're not touching breasts but even touch on the leg the face arm you know you can get excited and and you know certain massage certain energy yeah, can get aroused, can get an erection. What I say is notice it. Uh, if possible, you know, name that you need to take a break, pause. Just a minute, a moment. Give me a, give me a moment. I like to joke and say, go and get some fresh air. <laughs> Open the window, get some cool air. Uh, or um, just name that that touch isn't, what you want uh it's you can even say that it's it's too arousing or exciting for you um in this space yeah 
Um, another thing that I like to suggest and I do is to try to, to is to bring that energy into my heart when you're aroused. It can be really challenging to do that. The image of being with family, siblings, children, parents, whatever, somehow helps me to bring that energy into my heart. <laughs> it sounds so weird. Yeah, it does, but I like it. <laughs> so that's transmuting the energy. You're bringing it up into the heart, connecting in a different way. Of course, if you're receiving, it's much harder than if you're giving. I find mm. if I'm receiving touch, I'm like, I can't just imagine I'm receiving this beautiful massage from my sister or my mother. Right. And somehow it's going to change. It's just, it's just going to get weird. Right. <laughs> but if I'm giving and I, I'm getting excited, I'm feeling aroused, I can just pause, bring my hands, uh, take my hands off for a moment or just pause and, and or just put my hands um, like a different kind of presence. And then just imagine, okay, this is a being, this is someone else's child. This is someone's child, you know, like, how can I be with them in a really heart heartful way? Mm -hmm. And then it kind of removes the desire, the sexual desire, maybe the sexual energy, and it brings it into uh, a way of being present that's more heart connected. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, there's, yeah, that's a good way. Heart centric. Heart centric. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the first cuddle party, I was cuddling with someone and I totally got aroused. And I, and I, uh, remembered that you said try to move the energy. So I tried to move the energy. I sort of saw it as like when I'm meditating, you know, a thought, you're, you're the mountaintop and the, the thought, the thoughts are the clouds are the thoughts and they just kind of, they move through you. They don't just st stay there. They, well, <laughs> sometimes they do. And so I just sort of trusted that the this this energy was going to move, and it and it did. It took literally it took a minute. Beautiful. So it wasn't a big deal. Mm. So it took that awareness and then the intention and then the actual action to move it. So that's yeah. And it was with someone that I wasn't attracted to. So it was actually really interesting. There was like uh, all of a sudden there was a really like arousing charge that kind of came out of nowhere. And that was completely not present at the last event that I was at as well. So it was, it was interesting, the energies that two people can come together with and how one person can also just move away from it and, and sort of dissipate it. Right, right. So there can be an unexpected chemistry with someone. That I wouldn't have normally cuddled with or even gotten to know because I wasn't initially attracted to them. And then it only takes one person, one of the two of you to notice there's this chemistry that uh, isn't the space to be to explore that isn't appropriate for this isn't space. appropriate right <laughs> okay so not a big deal you could you might get an erection you might get aroused not a big deal not a big deal there was even some guy at one point at the closing circle who even said I had an erection it was very uncomfortable I was receiving touch and I needed to take a break and I, and he, he the, the importance of that was that he named that he felt some shame, yeah. that he felt that. And the underlying message was there's nothing wrong or bad about getting an erection. It's a physiological response. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. But what do you do with the erection? That's, that's what's important. That's right. Yeah. 
are there people that have come to Cozy that sort of you wish hadn't or behaved in a way that wasn't sort of in line with the spirit of the event or that were like kind of creepy? Thankfully, it doesn't happen that often. The people who come are usually um, coming by referral, friends of friends. Uh, and so there's generally um, an understanding of the protocols and a respect for the protocols of the space. That being said, it does happen on occasion, thankfully rarely, that uh, someone comes in who it isn't a good fit for the space. And it's not only men, there have been women who have come in too that um, just doesn't fit. Yeah. Uh, there's been someone who I saw giving a very sensual touch that bordered on the lines of sexual mm. in the way that he was touching and that I observed. And I checked in with the woman that he was massaging. And uh, she said, in fact, even though she had said yes, she went into a freeze and it brought up a PTSD of uh, some sexual abuse. And she wasn't able to uh, really express her no. Of course, that's deeply troubling to hear. And uh, so I spoke with him and he said, she said, yes. And so how am I supposed to know? Right. And that's actually happened a couple times yeah. where women have frozen and then afterwards have said, it's not a safe space. I don't know. Um, the men weren't respecting my boundaries. Right. Though they had said yes. That's a really hard conversation to have. So it's not that they're creepy. It's that they are wanting to share and connect and aren't getting the signals. Of course, there's body language. And I encourage men and women to always check in. And, and even if they've said yes, that when they start sharing, to feel into, you know, look at the body language. Are they receiving it? Are they being receptive? Are they responding? Or is there nothing going on? Yeah. And to see, say, do you want to take a break? Do you want to change anything? Are you enjoying this? And try to get some feedback that can support a yes and clarity. Yeah. One of my favorite questions is, would you like me to continue? Beautiful before there's a switch in the type of touch or activity or uh, area that I'm going to be touching. And this is, for me, this is this comes up in a sexual context, context, but it could come up in a platonic, cozy context. Would you like me to continue? And then when someone asks you that, you can. it's easier to say no, or I think I'm good now. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So that has come up... Um, and it's so uh, deeply troubling. When I, I see that happen, I, I want to know, or if I hear about that, I want to know from both people or everyone involved what people's experiences were to validate their experience and to support them in any way I can. In some cases, I, get the f I can get the feeling whether they have an ulterior motive, they want to get something from the person that they're sharing with, or whether it's an innocent unawareness uh, and ignorance or they, they're not socially aware or somehow getting the cues and so they need some help in learning about what to look for and how to communicate better i think charlie glickman calls those accidental consent violations and they happen right 
And it sounds like you're in a position to facilitate some understanding around that violation and whether it was intentional or accidental. And, and that's one piece of it. And then the other piece of it is how can people that freeze or get a PTSD reaction, how do we support people like that? I mean, if you freeze, you freeze. You can't say anything because that's your defense mechanism for surviving something that you've survived. A lot of the work that I do is in preparing the space and setting the ground that people can really have all the tools that they need to have a positive uh, and conscious experience and to be able to put the boundaries when they need to, to be able to speak uh, their truth, their yes, their no. Yeah. And I don't perceive that people come in with this creepy vibe. If anything, I would say people come in and they just, they have a desire that can be perceived as creepy. I don't think they're a bad person. I don't think that they're there to take advantage of anyone. I think if they come, they come with a, a genuine, there's an openness, but there isn't necessarily the level of skill to how to navigate that space. And they may ne never have been in a situation or a place that they can practice th these skills. Out of the 124 cozies where there's between 20 and 30, roughly 20 and 30 people, I've only asked three people. So we're talking about like thousands yeah. of people. Yeah. Well, hundreds of people, but you know, <laughs> a lot of people have come and I've only asked three people to not uh, come back yeah. for uh, some time. And with others, they've come back and have, been able to apply some of the things that they've learned yeah. in order to show up with more awareness and, and more respect. Beautiful. And any, any smelly people? Yeah, it happens sometimes that people come in either body odor or perfume Yeah, and it can be uh, a bit challenging to, yeah. And, and I, so I, I encourage people to come in scent free without uh, strong perfumes and, um, cologne or anything like this and those with strong body odor I'm still working on uh, you know encouraging them to 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 wear some uh, deodorant and scent free deodorant or or to you know help them uh, go into the bathroom and uh, give them some deodorant to put on <laughs> or to shower before you show up like like freshly showered right right yeah. if you come and you haven't taken care of those things to arrive with whatever you're feeling that you're welcome as you are. And I have extra deodorant. Cool. To bring it back is, um, you know, about trust. When people know that it's a safe space where people aren't trying to explore sexual um, desire or pick up, there is something else that's going on here Then. I think it builds that trust. There's there's a a genuine desire for for authentic relating, authentic connecting. Mm. Whether it's playful and silly or whether it's uh tender and soft or whether it's like I just need really need to have my human car wash and wring out all that stress from the week. Um that they can feel that it's a it's a safe space for that. And it's a safe space to say like oops, I got a boner. Yes. And then I took a, I took a moment yes. and it was okay. Right. Yeah. Physiological uh, or emotional um, expression is welcome. And uh, 
things are moving. Energy is, uh, we're alive. We're, you know, energy is alive. And I think that with touch and connection, uh, energy is circulating. And um, I find when we don't block it by excluding those feelings or saying it's wrong or bad, but welcoming it, it allows for something to shift, allows for something to move. And I mean, it sounds cheesy a little bit, but um, I see the best in humanity. And there's a quality of openness and, and respect and love that I don't see anywhere else, or at least in the same way that I see it at Cozy. One thing that I, I wanted to say is, is I sort of wanted to share at the end of the circle, but I didn't, uh, so I'm going to do it now. There, there were two words that kept on coming up for me during the event, and it was, it was tenderness and warmth. That was just, that was the feeling that I got when I was there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a hard world sometimes. And to have a place that people can come to feel warmth and tenderness and to be open and playful and uh, to feel safe is very important. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. I, I agree it's a, it can be very hard in our day to day with those that we're working with and those that we live with and those that we see on a regular basis that we may not feel seen or heard and be able to feel safe enough to express our truth, to get a certain basic needs met where we can open, where we can exchange in a way where uh, we can feel a genuine connection and a heart connection. And uh, if that existed in our society, we wouldn't need cozy. And I think the reason why I keep running it week after week um, is because it, it is touching and benefiting people in profound ways. Uh, where can we find cozy and where can we find you? Uh, flowlandmontreal.com or flowland.ca. And uh, in the listing of events, you'll see Cozy popping up. So you can find everything there. There's a Facebook page also for Flowland. You can also find me on my personal profile, Solomon Kruger, K-R-U-E-G-E-R. -E and uh, yeah, come try, try it out. Be surprised. Explore your edge. Or maybe it's not an edge for you. Maybe it's perfectly within your comfort zone. That's also okay. Yes. Yes. Do you have a parting thought? I guess the parting word is to explore what, what is possible for you when you dare to express what's really true for you. Not what's true for someone else, what you think is true, what's going on, but just in what you feel, what's not arguable what you feel what you need and to orient from that place thank you thank you Eighteen thousand three hundred and twenty-two. That is the number of downloads that the Love Drive podcast has received since 
March of this year. And I am so grateful. So, so grateful for, for you. I'm really grateful that you have decided to spend some time with me. It really means a lot. This podcast will always be free. I know I make quite a bit of pitches for free love advice and for coaching and consultation, and that is how I intend to make my living. But the podcast will always be free. So if you just want to listen and you don't care about getting some free love advice from me or hiring me as your coach, that's fine. That is 100% fine. This podcast is here for you. If you want to get a hold of me, if you want to send me a message, if you want to slide into my DMs at The Love Drive on Instagram or Sean, that's S H A U N, at thelovedrive.com. So have a great November. I will see you in December. Thank you. <laughs>